a half score and nine months ago our forefather slash forefathers wrote into code this as we know the cryptocurrency called Bitcoin. His name Satoshi, well, their name, we're not really certain, Satoshi Nakamoto. What a great intro. I know. I'm, well, that I, was great. Very, very. Hello, we're still the Crypto Cranks. I'm Jacob. I'm Landon. And welcome to episode two, tentatively called Crypto Grows Up. The first 10 years of cryptocurrency, should we say bumps? Yeah. Bumps and bruises included. Yeah, well, I mean, it's still like, it's like obviously people are saying like, oh, we're still in the growing years, but it's like there's still a lot that's happened in the first 10 years. So I've got some things to talk about. Landon, so, Landon will start with the things. I'm going to start. So we're going to start before Bitcoin. We're going to start with blockchain because blockchain is what... A lot of uh, all of the uh, these cryptocurrencies are kind of based on. So, crypto, I mean, <clears throat> blockchain started in 1991. It was uh, like a, a like meant to have memos that you couldn't go in and change. Mm. So, that's what it was made for. And then in 2009, and I think January, February. January 3rd. Yeah. Uh, Satoshi Nakamoto created Bitcoin. And then he posted on um, uh, this website. He said, uh, I'm going to read his post uh, right now. I developed a new open peer-to-peer e-cash system called Bitcoin. It's completely decentralized with no central system or trusted parties because everything is based on crypto proof instead of trust. Give it a try or take a look at the screenshots and design paper. That was in 2009. That was over 10 years ago. Half score. <laughs> Half score. So, nine months. So what do you think, Jake? What do you think about what do you think about blockchain? I think there's a lot to unpack even in those two statements, two or three statements that you made there, you know, with Satoshi's uh, post there. I'm assuming that was probably on like Bitcoin Talk or something. Uh, I know that he was very heavily involved in Bitcoin I Talk. So, yeah. And then, uh, so terms, probably some fancy words we should get through. Uh, crypt- let's, start with the most, let's start with blockchain. Blockchain. That's a great one. So blockchain literally means a chain of blocks. So Whoa! Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Like, dude! Well, I'm learning already. Yeah, Lou's writing stuff down super... I mean, we can't even... His hand is going so fast. He, this is all new to him, apparently. Yeah, I don't even see it. I thought he was an expert. <laughs> uh, so, it, blockchain is... Like, a, a, literally, if you wanted to think of it in the simplest way, is a chain of blocks. Meaning, each one of these uh, blocks being every transaction that occurs in the ledger. Uh, And then it is all in line in a chain. And it's all validated by nodes, nodes being anyone who runs the network on their computer. You know, when Bitcoin first started, you ran it on your PC. Mm -hmm. You mined, you know, you validated transactions, which is that action of mining. You You hear people who, you know, you're mining, Bitcoin mining farms, things of this nature. You used to be able to do it on your PC. So people doing, people running a node on their PC. Um, 
and that is that is the blockchain. It's a ledger. It, you know, if you want to think of it in account in accounting terms, it's a ledger. Um, and you hear the term also with blockchain, you hear distributed ledger technology. It's kind of it, it's kind of a term terminology that goes hand in hand with blockchain. And what that means is this idea of it's distributed peer to peer, meaning there are many uh, many people who are in charge of validating. And that is where it gets its decentralized nature from. There's no, it's not like Facebook or Google that have huge data centers with servers and they so, keep so all this maybe, information. So maybe explain how a bank does it, which we're trying to go with mm. fiat money. Yes. And then explain how crypto, like a Bitcoin does it. Explain, so first explain how a bank does it. So let's, a uh, great example, we'll use the good old Federal Reserve System mm-hmm. founded back in, uh, I don't remember, was it? Just after World War One, yeah. um, by FD, FDR's administration, perhaps I can't remember. Don't quote me on any of that. Yeah, no, you can. It's fine. We're all right. <laughs> <laughs> but so, the Federal Reserve System is a national. It's a national system. There are literally Federal Reserve boards um, who are in charge, like councils who are in charge of setting interest rates and how much money they're going to print, you know, the, the, uh, circulation rates and it's all centralized. It's all governed, you know, all these things. There's a board of people that control it. Yes. Whereas Bitcoin, you have developers who are probably like you and me and, you know, every other John Q average Mm -hmm. Joe guy who instead of, you know, wearing a suit and tie and making all these big decisions, they work together, you know, possibly anonymously, mm-hmm. um, just out of basically out of the, it's a, it's essentially a volunteer deal. Yeah. And they work together with other developers to, you know, work on the code. And create these databases. Yeah. Well, and, and really just run these nodes. I mean, mm-hmm. when you boil, when you boil Bitcoin down, especially something like Bitcoin, some of these other newer cryptocurrencies, you see more centralized structures, mm-hmm. but Bitcoin is really truly that. It, I'd, I'd say it's still one of the pinnacle, one of the pinnacles of the crypto community in its decentralization. Yeah, um, because of that idea that there is there is no board, there's no central board, there's no foundation. You know, you hear of the Litecoin Foundation. Could, could you make an argument though that with these huge mining operations now happening in maybe Siberia or China. Oh, yeah. That maybe it's maybe a little less decentralized because if you own of half course. the Bitcoin, then you kind of control the pricing. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. You, you, think you can make an argument about oh, that? Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and you hear about, um, especially with, um, you hear a lot about Bitcoin and its capitalization and its volume, its daily volume. Mm-hmm. Many economists look at that and many experts and, and chain analysis look at that and they go, oh, that's not really... You know, so there's some inf- uh, not inflation. It's not the word I want to use. Uh, conflation. Mm-hmm. Um, but going back to some of those other terms, so we you know we hit blockchain, hit nodes, peer to peer. So peer to peer meaning there is no middleman, and I think that kind of came up in our general introduction to the podcast mm-hmm. uh, episode. Yeah, um, that idea that. There is no middleman. There's no. There's no one who sets an exchange rate. There's no. It is all completely. It, it is 
Medium, all the way, instantaneous, near instantaneous. Mm -hmm. Nowadays, you, and what I don't want people to think though is it's like completely free Mm -hmm. because Bitcoin and really almost every single cryptocurrency does have transaction fees Mm -hmm. because you want to incentivize the people who are running the network yeah. on those nodes. So like mm-hmm. those big those big mining operations, mm-hmm. they collect those transaction fees because they are the ones mining the blocks. Yeah. AKA what doing the work. Yeah. So and whenever I say mining the blocks, um let's just set that in stone that it goes that is interchangeable with transaction. Mm-hmm. Validating transactions. Mining, validating, same thing. Um, so what were some other terms that you talked? So we, you know, blockchain, peer to peer. Let's, let's, let's take a quick side route real quick and talk about mining in the beginning. Okay. So when Bitcoin first came out, do I need a supercomputer to mine a Bitcoin? Do I need one of these $500 machines and I need a super cooler and I need all this, this stuff to mine a 10th of a Bitcoin in seven years? Oh no, no, absolutely. I think that was, um, you know, you talked about that and I, I really look forward to getting, way more into that decentralization versus centralization argument mm. in, uh, in a future episode. But we can touch on it here is this idea that, you know, when I think a part of Satoshi's vision in the beginning was anybody could do this. Yeah, It was very much not just peer-to-peer, but the everyday man could sit down with his computer, mm-hmm. you know, just a normal CPU and help help secure the network by validating transactions and mining. And uh, no, you could easily. Uh, we have a MacBook Air uh, model year late 2015 here to my right, and I could have mined Bitcoin with this in the early days. So, so that that pretty much covers, I would say. And, and the reason the focus is on Bitcoin here is because it was really the one that catapulted everything into existence. 2009, you know, Bitcoin was it. So 2009, decentralization, banks, first thing I'm thinking of is that 2008 September crash. Oh, yeah, yeah, the Great Recession, Do you absolutely. think that had anything to do with, uh, like, I mean, that recession, it's still affecting people. Like, people people got kneecapped. Yeah. And they're still no, not really. recovered. Like, I had a professor in college who, because uh, GM actually mm-hmm. went bankrupt, essentially, because of that recession. I had a professor in college who lost... I would say a good amount of his retirement money because mm-hmm. um, he had GM stock and everyone thinks, oh, you know, GM's safe. You know, it's bigger than God. Yeah, yeah. It's too big to fail kind yeah. of deal. And yeah. then it fails and the government has to step in. The, the United States government has to step in and actually like help buy G- General Motors to keep it afloat. Mm-hmm. And um, when they liquidated... Yeah, I mean, that was just one of many horror stories during the recession. So you think that had a little bit to do with maybe, do you think Do you think Bitcoin was already in production by the time that that crash happened? Oh, I, I believe this is probably something Satoshi, uh, whoever they were, he, she, they, mm-hmm. it, it might have been a supercomputer. Oh, I hope it was AI. Oh, I hope can, it was. can you imagine? Oh, please. <laughs> whoever, whoever, whoever it was. I think they had been working on this, and I think that was just like the final catalyst. Is mm-hmm. like recession hits because in the Genesis block there is a a, a, a batch of text. You're gonna have to back that up, buddy. Genesis block. Genesis block. There's another fancy word. So Genesis block is the first transaction that occurs on the ledger. It is that first block in the blockchain, and 
um, recorded in the text of the Genesis block, in the code. I want to read this quote. It's actually a headline that Satoshi put in there, and it says, quote, the Times, so this is the, I believe the London Times mm -hmm. is the newspaper. The Times, 3rd of January, 2009, Chancellor on Brink of Second Bailout for Banks, end quote. Mm. If you are a literary, literary, literature major, mm -hmm. or any kind of, you know, English language study, uh, particularly with, um, not semantics isn't the word that I want, it's like, interpretation critical analysis mm -hmm. um you look at that and you go okay there's a reason he put that in there it wasn't just it wasn't just the headline of the day i mean because think of how many thousands of headlines there are a day mm -hmm. across the world oh, yeah. he put he that was, in there particularly that was definitely throwing some obvious shade oh yeah on the banking industry on on the 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 governmental banking complex you know what i mean personally i love that kind of shade i love <laughs> I love I love it when they when they throw that hardball and they like, the they, lightning they, rod of hate. Yes, it's it's the we're here. Like it's it's the it's the definite like that he put the problems of banking in the face. It's in mm. the genesis of Bitcoin. Yeah, it's here's what the problem is. The, and then you know right before it, the crash, having to bail out the banks, mm. and all of this is just kind of rolling towards Bitcoin being the future current, like the future the future. Of currency, yeah, fiat slowly. Uh, yeah, and out. when you look at uh, a lot of monetary systems, we'll, we'll go into not just Bitcoin's history or crypto's history, but also you look at fiat's history. Fiat is a relatively new inf uh, invention when you really think about it. Paper money or fiat money, meaning it has no backing, mm -hmm. um, because before fiat, I mean, we're talking like early twentieth century. Um, there's the gold standard. You you had a precious metal standard. You had gold, silver, some some form of reserve. Mm -hmm. It wasn't just the full faith and credit of a government. You know, when you really start digging into that phrase, that literally means nothing. And you'll find a lot of you'll find I think more than what you would be comfortable with econo or economists and financial thinkers that would that would go. That is a system that was probably doomed to begin with, mm -hmm. or so. So what's happening here is the fiat system is our money used to be backed by gold. Mm -hmm. You used to go to the bank and get gold yeah. a long time ago. Oh yeah. But now, if you try to go get gold at a bank, they're going to laugh at you, <laughs> and they're probably going to go tell you to read a modern history book because that's not how it works anymore. Exactly. So how it works is our money is based off of what we say it's worth and what our governments say it's worth. Our governments say a dollar is worth a dollar, so that's what we. That's what we. Uh, that's what we say it is. I think President Trump. I think it was in the last couple of weeks. Printed oh, billions. Yeah, there was a headline, and it was like an absurd amount of money that. I think it was to the equivalent of the current uh, net. I'm losing my word of Bitcoin's total net worth at the moment. Oh, yeah, the, the capitalization, much, yeah, yeah. The capitalization of Bitcoin, that's how much was printed in, I think, 72 hours? What is that? That's like $140 billion or something crazy? So it was something something like, crazy yeah. like that, so yeah. usually what happens when this happens is when you print, when you put more of something into an economy, the price goes down. Yeah. So we're going to treat money as if it was a thing. So when you put 140 billion apples <laughs> into... Into the fruit economy. Into the fruit economy. Apple prices go down because what do you know? 
and there's so many apples. Saturation. That, apple saturation, apple man. Apple saturation. Oh, that's good. That's a shirt. <laughs> so, now on CryptoCranks.com. So when and because the apples aren't backed by payers exactly. anymore. Exactly. So when you print $140 billion, which is no, like, I mean, I guess you could say it's a joking amount to us because the United States just, it's it just, it seems like such a small amount of money when you're messing with trillions, mm-hmm. when you're messing with tens of trillions, but $140 billion is a lot of money mm-hmm. to just print in 72 hours. I didn't even know they could print that much. I know. How can you imagine? Can you yeah, imagine being the guy? Bills. Yeah, I mean, you could definitely take a couple bills while it's printing, and they would never notice. I don't know. That's, I hear it's pretty strict. They won't even let you take pennies out of the building. Anyway, so wait, okay. but this leads into this leads into a very good point about Bitcoin and its history. Is this idea that Bitcoin is a deflationary currency? Yes. Meaning there will only be, and actually, when you really dig into the technical aspect of it, there actually won't ever be exactly 21 million that is the hard-coded cap of what will be distributed mm-hmm. uh what could be mined you could say and it's actually like 20 million nine hundred ninety-nine thousand uh 679 or something like that mm-hmm. because it is programmed to stop um i think the last year the, the we'll, we'll mine the last bitcoin in 20 2140 no matter what so there's still like a hundred years because it halves every four years, and so eventually the the reward, the block reward, when that miner, when when his super, uh, by then it'll probably be like what quantum super quantum computers. Mm-hmm. When his super quantum ASIC computer, that you know, he built, but he built that he built himself, you know, <laughs> in in so. in the the frigid winter of Siberia, oh, yes. you know, when, when he mines that last, when his computer validates that last trans or mines that last block, you know, and his computer does that, that, that little hash, that little, you know, equation figures out that last equation. That's it. You know, he's a, he's a billionaire. He, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> because by then, you know, like one millionth of a Bitcoin will be, you know, I mean, who knows, you know, I mean, so, but that is also written into, you could say, the history, the code of Bitcoin. So let's talk about the code. Yes. So what, the having. Let's start the, have, the having. Yes, there's another fancy word. So a having is literally, in simplest terms, it is the programmed having of, it is the programmed uh, splitting of the block reward into half. So right now, the, uh-oh. I'm going to get my numbers right because we're getting our numbers right. The current block reward for Bitcoin every 10 minutes is 12.5 Bitcoin, which, I mean, at today's price is what? It's like $8,200 right now or something like that is yeah. just, you. It's like, it's like a yearly salary for most everyday people. Yeah. Every 10 minutes, this is what's being produced. Mm-hmm. Um Or being mined. Sorry, I don't yeah. want to say produced. Too many words. But... That is the having. It happens roughly every four years. Currently, we are expecting a having in May of 2020 for Bitcoin, um, which many believe will continue because of that deflationary aspect built into the code, into that that history of Bitcoin, mm-hmm. the very foundation of Bitcoin. It is going to raise the price once more. Yeah. And like we talked a little bit about um, 
I think we talked about a little bit on our first intro. There are also some Bitcoins. Like, sure, 21 million. That's the promised. But we've also lost. Uh, lost millions. Yes. Millions. Yes. Because of any number of reasons. Mm-hmm. Which brings me on to something. Uh, at the beginning, uh, somebody had to use this currency when it was first invented about uh, in the early years. And this kind of, like I said, going back to our uh, the beginnings. So we'll, this, uh, let's talk about the Silk Road. Yes. So the Silk Road is, when you talk about Bitcoin and you go up to someone and you talk about, you ask them, what do you know about Bitcoin? Many people will probably tell you that the only thing they know is that it's used to buy drugs. And that is because at one point uh, in the year, uh, I would say, I'd say 2011 to 2012, 2013, you have a, a bright, very bright, possibly misguided young man named Ross Albrecht, who decided that he wanted to come up with a um, private, secure, anonymous trading marketplace. Consider it like the dark web Amazon, darknet Amazon, but for drugs, you know how mostly. Cool that sounds. Right? It, oh, it, man. You can't imagine, like, the, man, Jeff Bezos, get on this. <laughs> right. The under, underground Amazon. Underground, underground Amazon. Underground Amazon. <laughs> so, Ross. Drugs, drugs, people. <laughs> Mr. Albrecht decides <laughs> that he needs to have a medium of exchange um, that is. Technically, Bitcoin is not anonymous. Because you can't, well, yeah, you can't use but, credit cards. Yeah, but obviously that you're going to, so he decides Bitcoin, you know, this is this new upcoming thing and it, um. It is as anonymous as it's going to get. Yes. Because. Once, In that time. Yes. When you didn't have all these chain analysis firms and all these like governmental programs who are like, they are able to, now, now many people in, in the current in this current point where we're at in the in the lifetime of Bitcoin is we live in a world where now people can, if they're smart enough, these firms and these governments, they can attach your IP address to your wallet, your Bitcoin wallet. I'm going to tell you a lot of people are smart enough because, I mean, how many people do you know that don't use a computer every day? Yeah. You're bound to get better at it. Oh, yeah. I mean, people are just, people are just so good with computers now that we're talking, you know, like... One of the part of the main issues of the news right now is AI, and like we're almost creating AI. I, I like your earlier idea that Satoshi Nakamoto is actually an AI program. Can we get back to that? Yeah, we? <laughs> we're we're gonna devote a whole episode just to that. Oh, Conspiracy okay. theories of Satoshi. So Satoshi. Jeff, uh, Elon Musk, when he was creating Neuralink back in two thousand eight, before <laughs> Tesla, before he failed. But what he created was mm. this robot called Satoshi Nakamoto. Yeah. We're really gonna have to flesh that out. Maybe a book. We can do a book. Ooh, I like a book. Conspiracy theory book. Oh, it's not anyway, a conspiracy so, theory. Everybody. <laughs> it's the truth. So, okay, so, so Silk Road. Sorry, Silk Road. Yeah, that was a rabbit trail. So Silk Road, um, FBI figures it out, um, and this is also a lesson for all of you privacy paranoid people. Do not make the Mister Albrecht mistake. Mister Albrecht used his name. In an email address, when he was asking questions on Reddit, on a Reddit subforum about, uh, I believe, how to start like an online marketplace, and that is how the FBI found him out. And he is jailed without par- life without parole, I believe, because of all the amount of drug trafficking that occurred on Silk Road. But this is th- this is inevitably intertwined in the history of Bitcoin. Is you have this. Uh, 
unfortunate, I would say, association with the illegality Mm -hmm. of Bitcoin. People think Bitcoin is illegal because it was used to do illegal things. But I I look at it this way. It's like you look at it. uh, I don't I just watched I was just watching Amazon original Mm -hmm. on uh, Amazon Prime and it's called Patriot. And it's like a it's like a black comedy or like a or like a dark humor comedy. And in the second season, there's this episode where they're the their main characters are in Paris and they're watching this young boy play accordion. Yeah. And he's Romanian or something. And then they see like an older man next to him and they're like, Oh look, there's a there's a uh, young boy playing accordion with his dad, you know, that's sweet. Mm-hmm. And the, one of the older characters goes, you know, in my travels I found out that that's not that man's father. Basically he was like he was an accordion slave boy Ooh. and he had to play the accordion for for money yeah. and that's what he would do his whole life so when you think about it bitcoin was used like an accordion slave boy mm-hmm. by this by the silk road people against its will what an analogy i, I know i, I that Did just, you just come up with yeah that, that just came. <laughs> so but no it's it, you look at it and it it's obviously when you read satoshi's white paper white paper yeah. meaning that is like what lays out uh, what Bitcoin is about? Foundation. Foundation. It is the it is the, um, the dissertation that's paper. The, that's the stone it's built on. It is the cornerstone, my friends. And when you read that, nowhere does Satoshi say, "I want this to be used illegally." It is the idea that it's going to be hopefully used responsibly. Of mm-hmm. course, we live in quite the world where people will find ways to use things illegally mm-hmm. as long as they can. But so. Uh, that's something that needs always needs dispelled right away when you're talking about the history of Bitcoin, the history of cryptocurrency. People immediately think, oh, you know, people just use it to get around, you know, tax laws and this, that, and the other thing. Is and people do. I mean, you have uh, later at a later date, we'll start talking about popular cryptocurrencies, and you know, Monero is another one. Monero is completely private, untraceable. The government can't, hasn't even figured out a way. The United States government hasn't even figured out a way that that they have disclosed how to how to track monero Mm -hmm. and um so people immediately associate it with you know yeah yeah because i I think there's a fear aspect to it and i think also people you know generally just jump to conclusions about things they don't understand but well well, i think also the thing is the that that market will always need something there will always be an illegal market and mm. they will always need a currency of which to use so absolutely i mean when there is a, a currency like that it's bound to be used because like you said you could like uh, your Bitcoin address not necessarily might not be that private anymore. So if this new currency comes out that it's stating that it's private and the government hasn't re- at least released that they've found a way to crack it yet, then I think that a lot of the uh, black market, the, the underground, uh, <laughs> dark Amazon, <laughs> dark dark net Amazon, Amazon <laughs> will go there. I think also No, I think you summed that up fairly well. Yeah. So let's so after Silk Road, mm-hmm. let's move into so twenty eleven, I believe is the year Litecoin, which mm-hmm. is a very early Bitcoin spinoff. Yeah. Uh uh comes into being. Mm-hmm. And when I say altcoin, there's another fancy word. We need to get like a like a, a like a ding whenever oh. there's like a, a vocabulary word that needs that needs discussed. That's a mm, like a ding or like a bell. Like, ding, 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 ding. 
vocabulary. <laughs> <laughs> so light, so uh, altcoin. Altcoin is any other coin other than Bitcoin because every e- inevitably every other coin that comes after Bitcoin is based on the principles and ideas of Bitcoin. Even if it's not a proof of work concept. Mm-hmm. There's another fancy word, proof of work, proof of stake. Even if it's not, we're gonna have to do a vocabulary. Podcast. Yeah, I think I think episode three is probably gonna have to be like fundamentals and fancy words. No, that one I actually had the the fancy words is what I've just been calling vocabulary this yeah. whole time. But definitely, we're gonna have to go into more because I feel like we're really this is like a really like thirty five thousand foot in the air view of everything. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, sorry. And it's hard because, like, if our viewers don't know that, I don't know uh, yet our viewer base if they if they know a lot about Bitcoin or mm-hmm. if they don't. So it's hard to know if uh, how hard do we deep like dig deep do we start? You know, what do we yeah. start talking about? Do we start talking about economic theory, or do we still go off the base of you know? Here's what it all is. You're gonna be rich in ten years. <laughs> I promise. According to our calculations on our whiteboard here. <laughs> so after, let's talk about. Let's start getting into prices because I think this is also something that really interests people is the meteoric rise of Bitcoin. Oh, so, dear. so let's talk about so where are we at? We're in like 2011, 2013. Prices around this time are like anywhere between like five to twenty dollars. Oh, that's nice. Tops, right? Like yeah. that is like you're thinking about that and you're like, man, I wish I would have been paying attention in high school. Yeah. Like. And, and some people were. That's where you get the story of the. Uh, I think it's the eight hundred million dollar pizza. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah. I think uh, he had a lot of Bitcoin, and he he bought a ten dollar pizza. And at the time, Bitcoin was just so cheap that when the Bitcoin price was at its highest, I think it was uh, he he bought a pizza with the equivalent of about eight hundred million dollars in Bitcoin. Yeah, it is ten. It was ten thousand dollars. It was a Papa John's pizza. Oh. So at least it was good pizza. Eh. <laughs> Controversial I, statement. I, I mean, it's not that it's bad. Donato's is just so much better. Oh man, my wife upstairs. If she heard that, she is she's coming down here with a like a, a roller pin, getting ready well, to knock axle. you out. <laughs> How dare you talk about Papa John's that way? So, um, so five to twenty dollars, and then twenty thirteen hits. And this is where we get like that first meteoric rise. There was a halving at this point. Remember, every four years, so 2009, so 2013 is our first halving. So prices started in 2013 at $13.30. Yep. And by the first of the next year, $770. I'd say that's a, a slight increase. Yeah, just, I mean, like not just, not just hundreds of, is it hundreds of percentage points? A hundreds, hundreds. I mean, oh, easily. Yeah. So... Then you... Um, let's talk about four years later. Let's talk about the magical year of 2017. You know, let's skip ahead a little bit. Yeah, I'm yeah. Okay. I'm okay because this kind of gets me excited. So so skipping ahead, uh, obviously along this way, this is when you really start having not so much more adoption. We're not really into like mass adoption stage yet. It's still pretty with, underground. So yeah, it's still... Um, there is a cult following of people that think it's interesting. Yes. That believe in the values. Oh, yeah. But I think this is... this is before a lot of the the people that are uh, day trading. Uh, day trading, I think even probably your early investors, like yeah. your, your early adopters. Yeah. Uh, this is probably even before most of your early adopters. Um, so 2017. Oh. 
This is the year. This is oh, this is it. This, this is, is this, this is it. The Cubs are going to the World Series, <laughs> and and all of the Chicago Cubs fans are just like, what? <laughs> so, prices in twenty seventeen started at nine hundred ninety eight dollars. Nine hundred ninety eight. Keep that nine hundred ninety eight number in your head. And by the first of next year, it was over thirteen thousand dollars. What did it cap at? Nineteen thousand. Um, all time high: nineteen thousand seven hundred eighty-three dollars and six cents U.S. dollars. I USD. Was, I think that was around Christmas, right? That was, that was December seventeenth. Because I remember I was going to some family gatherings and stuff. And family members that I know didn't even know how to turn their computer on enough were talking about buying crypto. And they're like, because it was all over the news at that point, this random currency that people made up is suddenly worth $20,000. And this, is, this, isn't, this wasn't just a phenomenon experienced by Bitcoin. This is Ethereum. This is oh, every, e- every single thing. I mean... Um, how much did Ethereum go up to? Over 1000 Oh, it was... I think it was several thousand. If I'm not... I, I know X uh, Ripple. I think we, we're gonna to, look, we're gonna look this up. I think Ripple went over three dollars. These are these are numbers coming off my head. I could I'm, I probably am wrong. You know, it sounds right. We're gonna run with it. Okay. So let's, let's just make up some numbers. Uh, I mean, we we know what I we're mean, talking about. Facts are theoretical. We live in a post-truth world. <laughs> <laughs> so this is also the time when China, also very big. Um, I would say a very big point in Bitcoin's history at this point is China bans trading in Bitcoin hmm. in September of 2017. And, September um, of 2017. So right at that starting of the of the what you would call the bull. Oh, the the bull, the bull ran through the streets of what's what's the who where did they do the running of the bulls? What's oh, it? It's a city in Spain, right? Uh, it's is it Cast- Rome? Is it Rome? I thought it was no, 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 no. It's a Spanish city. Is it is it Castile? Or some, I don't. I didn't. Wh- wherever I, they do the running of the bulls, the bull I, got away, man. <laughs> and it did not just run through that city streets; it ran through the city streets of the world. I mean, it ran straight into the uh, into the sun, really. Yeah, I mean, there's no better description. It kind of went. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm missing my metaphor. The guy who <laughs> flew flew into the sun. Oh, Icarus. Yeah, he kind of Icarus. And then and then just like Icarus, um, that bull, <laughs> its wings got singed, and. Clipped off to where it is now. Oh, yeah. Well, and interestingly enough, if you were a first mover at that point, or not a first mover, if you adopted in 2017 as it started rising, you actually now would be sitting at a 70% loss in your investment. Because, um, so December 2017 hits its all-time high, then all the way through 2018 just continues to drop. It dropped to a, a little bit under. It was three thousand. Three thousand. Yes. Yeah. So by December of 2018, it was three thousand dollars again, and then um, overall, from its all-time high, went down eighty-one percent. So what a what a tra- what a tragic look, for, especially for people that I know. A lot of people bought into it after seeing that yes. crazy go, and then the thing with the Bitcoin market is, and I know a lot of people know this, it fluctuates. Like crazy. Oh, if you by the your, second. If you measure your heart rate when you see it jump five hundred dollars in a minute, <laughs> like 
this this is like a, like you don't you don't have to work out because it's its own workout. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean your cardio is done right so there. So these people that were buying in when it was at nineteen thousand, thinking, oh sweet, here's my retirement, and, and here, now they're seeing an eighty percent loss. Yes, eighty. And and the reason we have to talk about this is because this is where rumors of adoption started dying. You know, people were, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, it's happening. That we're gonna have adoption. You know, it wasn't just. At that point, then it was getting the attention of of you know, like you said, mass media. Mm-hmm. You know, people are talking about it all over Facebook and the news, and 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 some were trying to deny it. That's the important thing. To yes, do. some people were really trying to push it off. We're talking about you, Warren Buffett, and the same people that Love were you. the same people that were seemingly trying to push it off as nothing now are very much adopting it in their own way. And seeing that, and you, so you look at that. So, um, you know, 2017, 2018 comes and goes. Um, what they call the crypto winter sets in. Um, I just feel like that's another way to reference Game of Thrones at this point. Um, have you not seen it? I, I didn't, I have not. I, I don't, I caught one episode once and I was like, I'm so, I'm so lost in the whole game for the throne. You know what I mean? I just, that last yeah, that's what everyone says. Okay, so this is not a Game of Thrones podcast. Crypto so Crypto Winter sets in. 2018 is just a terrible year. Everyone's down on it. Everyone's saying, oh, there's no way there's going to be adoption now. Pretty much people just like jumped overboard the moment they saw like they saw they saw this tiny little like air hole in the top of the boat and not actually in the water, like what holds the wa- the ballast part of the boat. Mm-hmm. And they freaked out, and so people jumped ship. And um, it wasn't until really the beginning of 2019 of this current year that we started see we started to see another increase, but not just another increase. This is when the adoption started. I think when during the crypto winter, I think a lot of people started reevaluating their ideas about cryptocurrency, and maybe they started listening to podcasts like this mm-hmm. and got educated by people who know what they're talking about. Wink, not wink. Like us. <laughs> <laughs> not like us. And I think they realized um, because this is where you start getting like uh, the the CEO of Chase Bank. Um, I can never remember his name. Diamond, Jamie Diamond. Uh, went back in like 2017. He's he's one of he's on Warren Buffett's side. Rat poison. Saying rat poison. You know, this is it's the tulip craze. You know, it's 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 not going to amount to anything. And now. Chase Bank is actually in the process of developing a um, blockchain-based um, settlement transaction settlement um, system to be able to make bank-to-bank uh, transfers and, and things at basically instantaneous speeds. Um, all because probably during crypto winter they sat down with their blankets, their you know their Bitcoin blankets, and they go. You know, oh wow! You know, it's freezing, but you know, this actually, this could work. Mm-hmm. This could keep us warm. I think people are getting a more realistic look at it. Yeah. Instead of that economic boom and the get rich quick, mm-hmm. it's the okay. Let's see the actual. What could actually happen if this is adopted? Well, and when you study, uh, I think studying economics and finance, things go through cycles like this. You go through boom and bust cycles. You look at uh, like a company like Apple. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Apple had a huge boom. Um, then things kind of seemingly kind of trailed off until that the iPhone hit, and then 
I mean, meteor, another meteoric rise, and now we're kind of in this kind of maybe a, a bust cycle, maybe, you know, you know, we're waiting for the next boom. Amazon, same thing, you know. I mean, Jeff Bezos is even, oh, he's quoted with saying, Amazon may die in the next 10 years, mm-hmm. you know, and, and everyone looks at him and goes, what are you talking about? And he's just, he's saying, this is, you know, this is how companies come and go, you know, things happen. And so I think people um, started to realize that Bitcoin was maturing. It wasn't that, you know, accordion slave boy anymore. Mm-hmm. It was... Accordion slave man. See, yeah, he is, he, well, no, he got his freedom. Silk mm-hmm. Road doesn't own him anymore. Mm-hmm. So, um, so you... You start to see now our current, you know, we've gone 10 years in, how, how long has this been? Oh my gosh, it's only been 40 minutes? It felt like four minutes. <laughs> so in 40 minutes, we've gone through 10 years, very, very 35,000 feet in the air view of 10 years of Bitcoin cryptocurrency. And there's so many other ways you can study the history of cryptocurrency. You could go all the way back to the 80s when you started seeing more of, like you said, that, that blockchain idea. Blockchain, you can see like when Ethereum start coming into play because also when 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 you create something like Bitcoin and then you have a competitor's thing start to mm-hmm. change. Yeah, absolutely. And then just altcoins in general, there's so many altcoins now yes. for so many different reasons. And there's a lot of factors that go into what's happening now that it's a lot to take in. It is. It really is. I think uh, um, crypto is he's he's grown up. You know, he's he's really he's got some hair on his chest. He does, and I think it, it's probably all that accordion playing. Really, when oh, you think about str- it, he's at his back straight. He'd probably do like thirty pull-ups. Oh, easily, easily. So I think uh, I don't know. I think I've covered everything that I want to. I think this is a good place to wrap up. Absolutely. My name's Landon. I'm Jacob. And thanks for watching.